NFR. NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. He goes, well, what'd you do? And I said, well, I turned him down. It was, you know, it was, it didn't pay a lot of money. And I just, you know, I have these horses and blah, blah, blah. And so he goes, you know, you never know where that might lead. And this was <laughs> about 1988, I believe. I always thought if I could do that with the sport of rodeo and bring it to a level to where you can really teach people uh, some of the rules and some of the reasons things happen, you're going to create more fans. There has been so many moments. I don't, I don't, I really can't just put one out there because that wouldn't be fair to everything else. Hey everybody, this is Steve Godert and you're listening to the NFR Extra. We're going to have a great visit today with a man who's gotten a phone call that I, I can't say that it changed his life, but I'm sure it put a big smile on his face and it's a smile that we've all seen for years on many different networks covering the National Finals Rodeo. So, Butch Knowles, welcome to NFR Extra. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, that was quite a surprise, that phone call. It's the, the last phone call I thought I'd ever receive. So, yeah, it, I, and I'm kind of a practical joking guy, so I wasn't sure if someone was just pulling something on me or it was the real deal. But <laughs> by, by now, I think it's the real deal. <laughs> Well, it might be starting to set in. So I, I, I hate to do this because I do it a lot on this podcast, but I'm just I'm so interested to to go back to the very beginning and, and how this all started for you. I mean, I, I don't I obviously know the next generation of Knowles a little bit better than you because I've I've seen and competed with a few of them. But tell tell me right. about your family and your history, Butch. Well, I grew up in Central Oregon. Uh, started rodeoing when I was like in the seventh grade, actually. There was a little junior rodeo in our town and my brother entered the bareback riding and I entered the calf riding. And I, I think I rode about two jumps and hit the dirt. And <laughs> at that particular time, I was hooked on the sport of rodeo. It just, that's all I thought about from that point forward. And, you know, fast forward all through uh, the junior rodeos in high school, I was uh, lucky enough, I won the high school national all-around championship my senior year and went on to college. But before I went and uh, won the national championship in high school, uh, a rodeo coach in Walla Walla by the name of Tim Corfield had called me up and asked me if I wanted to go to school at Walla Walla and rodeo for him. And I really hadn't, you know, I hadn't really made much of a name for myself at that point. And, and uh, so after, after that and after I won the all-around, in the nation, of course, I had lots of opportunities to go to, you know, schools like Cal Poly and in Texas and Colorado and, uh, you know, uh, Utah, just all over the country. The, the big rodeo programs were kind of wanting me to go there. And, but it meant so much to me that Tim Corfield would have took a chance in me before he even really knew, you know, if I had any ability or not, that I just kind of stayed hooked with him because he was the first guy to really step out there and make me an offer. So fast forward to college, I was, you know, I went to school there, rodeoed for Tim. He, he later became the uh, the uh, CEO of the NIRA 
you know, the National Collegiate Rodeo Association. So yes, sir. Jim was really involved. He was a real involved guy. So after that, I was still rodeoing when Andy, when that, when this took place, but I, uh, I was entered in some rodeos and I got a phone call and it was Bud Sports and they called and said, Hey, your name was given to us for, uh, we want to know if you want to come up and be an analyst at the college national finals rodeo We're on our telecast. And I, wow. so I said, you know, I said, well, what's something, I had no idea what it, anything about it. And I said, what's something like that pay? And they told me, and I actually had some pretty good Bronx drawn on the same weekend. And so I, first of all, I turned them down and said, no, I, I don't think so. I probably better not, you know? And so then later I was sitting behind the shoots with Louis field and we were talking about it. And I said, Louis, they, you know, they called me up, wanted me to go up there and be an analyst on their telecast at the college finals. And he goes, well, what'd you do? And I said, well, I turned them down. It was, you know, it was, it didn't pay a lot of money. And I just, you know, I have these horses and blah, blah, blah. And so he goes, you know, you never know where that might lead. And this was about 1988, I believe. And so I turned my Bronx out, thought, you know, maybe you're right. Went up there and worked with Red Steagall. Okay. uh, And we we did the college finals. And that was my first experience of television on that trip to the the college finals. And then, so then that, you know, that went good. And I did that a couple of years with Red and I rodeoed and, um, well, and I'd made the finals my last couple of years. And so later, Tim Corfield again had called and said, hey, the NIRA needs a representative to help do the, all the judging seminars with the PRCA. Mm-hmm. And we want you to be our guy. Because all through high school and college, I worked every event. I roped and bulldogged and rode Bronx and Bulls and bareback horse, just every event. So I'd had, you know, quite a bit of experience. And, and so I got teamed up with Jack Hannum at the time was doing, he was the head of the judging program in the PRCA. And so I got to work with Jack Hannum and, and between Tim Corfield and probably Jack Hannum, that's the two greatest guys I ever could have been around, honestly, as far as prepare myself for this, because Jack, you know, was a great contestant and he was, but he was a, a football coach and a teacher before he ever really started rodeoing much. And so he knew how to present things and how to break things down and simplify things and talk about, you know, he would just, I would sit there in those seminars and I would do the rough stock events and he'd do the time events, but I would watch him and the way he presented things. And I thought this guy's amazing because he just made it so interesting. And so I got to work with him a couple of years and that really, and, and at one of the seminars, Andy, there was a guy by the name of John Bumgardner. And he was actually, he produced the uh, NFR telecast at the time. And so, he, but he was also a rodeo announcer part-time. So in those days, announcers had to go to seminars at least once every couple of years to kind of update themselves on the rules. And anyway, he happened to be at a seminar we were doing in Colorado. And afterwards he came up to me and he goes, Hey, um, I'm, we're, we're, televised in the dncfr in pocatello he said would you want to come over there and be the analyst in the bronc riding and i thought yeah yeah i could do that you know from the from my ranch in oregon it's you know four or five hour drive it's not a big deal and i said yeah sure. I, I should do that so i drove over there well when i got there i was working uh i think i was working with randy or hadley one of them and uh he said you know what just do just do all the events so I did, and we went through the DNCFR and did that. And afterwards, he said, would you be interested in doing the 
NFR. And that was in 1989, I believe, 88 or 89. And uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I went from the fry pan right into the fire. And, and I thought, you know, I don't know. Somebody asked me, you know, how long I was going to try to do it or what the deal was. I said, you know, I this TV stuff, it, it never lasts very long. If it lasts a year or two, you know, all the that's great. I'm never going to rely on it, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy doing it while I can. Enjoy the ride while I can. And that's been, what, 35 years ago or something. Wow. So. So that's kind of the quick story of, uh, of kind of, you know, I was, I was kind of lucky. I was in the right spot at the right time and some doors opened and I got to walk through them. So I, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. Well, I, I can honestly say I'd love to see some of those pictures, um, of the outfits <laughs> that you guys were wearing in the late eighties. Cause I, well, we haven't changed, we, we haven't changed a bit actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good, good. <laughs> Denim on denim and pearl snaps never go out of style. You're safe there. No, that's right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Did you have any, it's <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of people, even in the announcer side or, you know, public speaking, whatever that is in front of a crowd or behind a TV, they, you know, oh man, they get, they get kind of jittery. Did you have any of that or did it just seem something that was very natural and you didn't have any problem making that transition? Well, you get and, and as you you know, maybe you don't know, you probably never get nervous, but I get nervous even to this day before a telecast. But, you know, once you get into it, you really get into the sport. And, and, and my job as an analyst, it's probably the easiest of all, you know, uh, rodeo announcing like, like you do, Andy, it's, you, you know, you got to fill, you got to, you know, everybody's there and you got to entertain them and keep things rolling. As an analyst on television, I, I just need to pay attention to what's going on right in front of me right at that time, the runs and the rides and what happened, why it happened. And so you get immersed into it. And, and uh, you know, once you're in that zone, you don't really even think about it. No, not, not, not too bad. No. So I kind of want to jump into now what you're looking at as far as going into, uh, you know, the legends. When somebody says legend or icon and they have your name attached to that, what is kind of your gut reaction when you hear that? Well, initially it's like, I think you got the wrong guy as far as I've never put myself in, in that category. Like when I think of, you know, legendary announcers, I think of guys like Bob Tallman and Hadley Barrett and Randy Corley and, you know, down that list of guys that are just, they truly are legendary. I, I feel so lucky to get to do what I've, got to do for the past 30 years i don't even i don't even think of it as as uh as that kind of a category that's that's what surprised me with the call because you know i i just really enjoy i'm a huge rodeo fan and i really enjoy trying to bridge the gap between people that don't know the sport people that do know the sport you know you you want to break it down and simplify it and not offend the guys that really understand the sport and that, and there's kind of a fine line you got to walk there but it's uh you know, I sure don't put myself in the legendary category at all. I, I'm just a lucky guy that gets to do what I really like to do. Well, but I think Steve makes a good point, Butch. You're, you've been a voice that people have grown up on, and I'm, I'm included in that because I've been watching the NFR from afar, literally, because I live in Florida. But, you know, you and Jeff, to me, I, I've whether it was the VHSs that we had or, you know, the DVR, <laughs> once it came along, 
those are the voices that we grew up on knowing that those those big moments the billy bauer on cool alley all those things that we saw they they were voiced by you and jeff so i mean obviously the the telecast has, has gotten bigger and better as you guys have expanded but you were you were invited into the western world's homes you know for how how long has it been you know just you two together well it's been three decades i think uh I, i've set by jeff every year at the nfr except i think he went away for two years and did some thoroughbred racing when he was with wintercom or 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 that and then came back but but uh and you're right. And I don't really think about, you know, it's funny. You don't really, you don't think about that. You know, I mean, you just, you're just, I don't think about that. I've done this for 30 some years and there's been a couple generations that have kind of been raised on my voice. It's just not, you know, it's just not what you think about. So that's the funny part about it. You know, and it's funny too, that, that, uh, I'll tell you a quick story of, I was in, uh, when I was rodeoing, we were in Tucson. And we were there when the Americans were in the Olympics and they were playing the Russians. And I, and I didn't know anything in, in hockey and I didn't know anything mm -hmm. about hockey, but I was with a bunch of guys from Canada too. We were all staying out there. And so we would go and watch those hockey games every night. And I, I had not a clue the rules and I didn't know anything about it. But by the time I was done and they explained the rules and explained how it all worked, I became a pretty good hockey fan. And I, al I always thought if I could do that, with the sport of rodeo and bring it to a level to where you can really teach people uh, some of the rules and some of the reasons things happen, you're going to create more fans. And so I've always kind of, that, that's always been kind of my target when I sit down and, and watch a ride or whatever, when a horse goes into a fence and a guy fouls up, you know, rather than just saying, Oh, he fouled up, you, you break it down even simpler to where, you know, maybe the horse changed leads or maybe, this well to be saddle dropped on the left side or the right side to where it really all of a sudden it starts making more sense to people. And I think it, I think that really helps. And that that's the direction I've always went from, from day one, you know, and now with all the technology and the super slow motions and everything else, you can really educate people along the way while you're entertaining the people that really understand it. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Do you need a dose of social? A dash of insider info? Then the National Finals Rodeo Social Network is set up just for you. Get updates, insights, unique content, and much more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at forward slash Las Vegas NFR. And be sure to use hashtag WranglerNFR on your posts and tweets. There's something for all rodeo fans. Because legacies and memories are made in Vegas. You sat beside Jeff Matters, and I don't want to skip over this for you just said three decades. What has that been like? You know, it's awesome. He, uh, and, and I, every year I think I text him after the NFR and just, and I, and this is usually what I say. I, I sit in, uh, I, I sat beside him and I watch him do what he does because, you know, he, he's the quarterback and he, he carries all of that. And he is the best I've ever been around, you know, and I've been around, I've been lucky enough to be, be around. And that's the other side of it. I was real lucky to get placed by some great, great announcers, you know, Red Stiegel and Hadley and, and Randy. And, you know, I, I, 
Arl Arkey for a couple of years. And, but Jeff Matters is by a mile. He, he's the best that I've ever watched. He's, he's really creative. He's brilliant. He's a great writer, you know, and he, and he's a great guy. Jeff, Jeff's, I have a lot of people ask me, you know, what's Jeff Matters like? I said, you know, he's a, he's the kind of guy, the first time you meet him, you feel like your best friend. You, you just feel like you're, you know, he's just that kind of guy. And he's, he's the same guy that I sat down with 30 years ago and started doing this with. It's been, it's been quite an honor to get to work with him and set with him. And it's really, it's really cool to be such good friends. He's, he's as good as they get, honestly, but don't, don't tell him I said any of this because he doesn't really know. I feel this way about him. We, we won't tell him. We'll, we'll, nobody will, we'll, we'll be quiet here. Yes. He, he has to listen if he's going to hear yeah. that. So <clears throat> oh, is there in, the, in those, in those three decades, is there like one moment that really pops out in your mind? I know that there, there, there's got to be, you know, literally hundreds, thousands of great rides, great runs, great times. Is there something in that 30 plus years of your career on TV that really stands out in your mind? You know, there, there really isn't one thing I've been, you know, when, when you do, when I, I've been lucky enough to do this for three decades. So I, I was thinking about it last night. I've watched Ty Murray start and I've watched Ty Murray's ending into his career. I watched Cody old start and the end of his career and Fred and the end of his career. And, and right down the line, you know, Trevor Brazil, I remember when he was healing steers and made his first NFR and, and, uh, you know, so there has been so many moments and so, you know, I don't, I don't, I really can't just put one out there because that wouldn't be fair to everything else. It's I've been so lucky to watch, you know, these, these guys are the, you know, Brazil's the Michael Jordan of, of our sport, you know, and when Ty Murray won seven world titles, I didn't think anybody had ever touched that. <laughs> you know, I was way wrong there. Wasn't I? So, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, it's been amazing. I mean, I've, it isn't, you know, it's like when you think of hockey, you think of Wayne Gretzky and you think, gosh, darn, you know, he's just the greatest, but that's one guy. And I, I have got to watch a whole bunch of Wayne Gretzky's in the rodeo world, I've watched Casey field break records. I watched Dan Mortensen tie, you know, tie the record. I've watched Trevor Brazil just blow everything out, you know, and guy Allen, what he accomplished in the trip. And we don't even hardly, you know, get to talk about guy Allen and it's unbelievable mm-hmm. what he accomplished. So, you know, it, I honestly, I'm, I'm blessed with to get to do and get to see what I've done uh, over these three decades, because it's, it's, you know, and it's going to get better probably, but I don't know. I don't know how much better it can get, honestly. So just because a lot of people don't know during those 10 days at the NFR, just walk us through your daily schedule. You know, I mean, because but between talking to producers and directors in the truck, and I know Jeff's very involved in that as well, but just take us through a day in the life during the national finals rodeo. Well, it's, you know, you, one thing I learned with getting back to Jack Hannum, you cannot over-prepare. Sure. So I, uh, I, I usually get up pretty early. I'll just take my notes or, or whatever from the night before, and I go down, I get a cup of coffee, and I go through each event, and I just try to figure out everything that's, you know, that's going on in each event, what this guy did, what he needs to do, what that, you know, and just try to get it in your – you may not use it, but if it's there, if you need it, 
And then, so that, you know, I, I do that. And I usually go eat a little lunch and by three o'clock I'm, I'm usually out at the, at the radio itself. I go get the judging sheets cause I do a lot of stuff. Just, I don't do much with a computer. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I do my own notes. You know, I mean, I do the research and all that with the computer, but, but, uh, I get out there about three, I get the judges sheets and I get, uh, of what happened the night before, you know, the standings and everything else. And then I just go up usually in the booth. I go somewhere. I got to get kind of by myself because I can't, I can't, can't concentrate if people are breaking in and visiting and, and doing that stuff. So I like to just kind of get by myself, go kind of get through my routine, make whatever notes I'm going to make by each guy, particularly in the riding events, you know, and get it, just kind of get it in order. And then, uh, and that's it. It's not a, it's not bad. And then of course the rodeo just flies by my goodness. It's, it, it's ran so fast. It seems like it just starts and stops in a hurry, uh, go grab a little dinner somewhere and then start all over the next day. So it's not a grueling, my, mine's not quite as bad. It, it really isn't quite as bad as probably Jeff goes through, but, but, uh, I do like to try to be prepared just in case. Does it feel for you for the 10 days for, to where it looks like, just this incredible hill that you're about ready to venture on. We're like, Oh man, day one, day two. I know that you're saying you're speaking of the rodeo going by fast speaking of performances, you know, how cleanly they're run, but is it one of those things like, Oh my gosh, we've got nine more perfs. And then by day five, you're like, Holy cow, we're in the middle of this thing. Yeah, no, that's exactly how, you know, you start out and you think, Oh yeah. Nice. You know, you start in that first performance and, and actually guys, the first performance, it might be the hardest because you're, you're drawn on stuff that's happened throughout the year more. Once that rodeo gets started, it kind of takes a, as we all know, it takes a life of its own on, you know, you, you see guys kind of coming from nowhere and you see guys that are maybe in the lead and struggling a little bit. So their storylines start taking place right after the first performance. The first performance is, uh, you know, you do, you gotta, you, you gotta have some, quite a few more stories and stats and stuff to kind of, kind of get in there with those guys but but once it you know by round five all of a sudden you're seeing you're seeing some stuff going on inside each event and and it's kind of the storyline and and by round 10 that's usually all gone and there's a whole new story so you know it, it's uh, y- yeah it, you would think 10 days of it is a, is kind of a a grueling grueling week but boy it goes fast and by about the seventh round, you're thinking, man, I, I wish we had four or five more go rounds because this is really good. Where's the rest of the season going to take you? You know, I'm, uh, it's funny since the Cowboy Channel, since the Cowboy Channel took over, they, you know, they do some things differently. And, and I, boy, I sure like what they're doing, but, but, uh, I'll probably, I'll probably go up to Calgary and do the Calgary Stampede. That's, you know, of course, one of my favorites. Anyway, so that that's a fun, and that's a ten day or so. It's a lot like the NFR. It's uh, it's fun, and uh, you know, pick up a few things between now and then. But I'm uh, I'm a rancher by trade, and and if you guys know much about ranching, you don't have much time to play golf if you're a rancher. <laughs> it's, uh, we're Brandon Brandon calves getting those all worked right now, and doing a little farming, and then we'll start getting cattle. We take all our cattle up into the mountains in the summers, and. So it's, uh, there's always something to do each day. I don't have, I don't have to worry about trying to find something to do. Trust me. No, wait, speaking about golf, you were bragging on Jeff just a little bit ago. That's one place where he, I've heard 
He's not mean, but he's not going to be a gentleman. He's there for blood. Am I correct? Jeff Matters is, you know, I mentioned that the first time you meet him, he feel like he's your best friend, unless you're competing with him in any kind of anything. <laughs> he's a fierce competitor. So, yeah, yeah, he'll do whatever it takes. Stab you in, in your eye with a fork. Whatever it takes to win, he's going to do it. So, <laughs> and he is a good golfer. I'm not, I'm not, I get, I get bored pretty quick with golf. I, you know, it's one of those sports that it either grabs you or it doesn't, but I, uh, so I'm a good golfer if I can be a heckler and have some fun. And, but if I'm with a lot of serious golfers, I'm not your guy. I'm not, I'm not that good. Well, you've been grabbing our attention for more than three decades and we sure are glad to not only have you on the podcast, but glad to hear that you're going to be in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. So congrats again, Butch, and thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you guys. And I, I will say on a serious note, it is humbling and it is an incredible honor. And I, I think of the guys that are sitting in that Hall of Fame and, you know, I, I, I've, I don't know if I feel like I should sit right beside them, but they've got me in there now, so I'm not giving it back. But I will, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll tell you, it is, it is, it is very special. It, it's very, very special. And thank you. Thank you all. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. <laughs>